So, I want everyone to understand one thing and one thing only. Well, joke's on you because I don't understand anything ever. Fair. Fair. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Skeleton Crew Podcast. I'm your host, the Almighty Strauss. I almost have said my full ass name. <laughs> not that that's really a problem. It's just really funny. It's like, I have not introduced myself that way once. I'm here, as always, with El Sardo Guapo. That's me. <laughs> yeah. AKA Uncle Death. We're the Skeleton Brothers. That Hi, everybody. Podcast. Hi. Hello. Uh, this week, we're not going to do what the hell you're watching because the universe decided to once again do one thing that has ruined everyone's time all the time, and that is scheduling. We will be watching stuff maybe after this, maybe sometime later in the week. We'll find out. Who knows? <laughs> Life finds a way. <laughs> yeah. As as what kills every D&D group, the ultimate villain, calendars. <laughs> Scheduling. Scheduling. Murders all of it. But today we have a... We're going to start with a bit of a fun little update. Not of the hentai bike, but of something equally lewd sounding. We, I mm -hmm. found the world's lewdest power statue from Chainsaw Man. That's oh, power. Power from Chainsaw Man. I sent it to you, and we... Everyone who has saw it was just like, oh my god, this thing is horny. It, it is it is exceptionally horny. Um, and I, I saw an interesting little tidbit on there that um, they may or may not have modeled it off of a very specific cosplayer and not really given any credit to that cosplayer. At least from what I've seen. How does one... I don't know. Okay, this leads to a very interesting question. I will ask it to you, my good friend, El Swarm. All right. El Swardo mm -hmm. is your alter ego, where you're you the, have a sword, <laughs> and I have I also have a luchador mask. Well, that that's just all the, all the time, clearly. Um, but if you were to, do you want to be credited like that? I mean, it's to be fair, she did provide like a a picture that it looked like it could have been modeled off of and it's like if that's my work and i'm i am you know willing to to put that out there then it's like yes i would like some credit okay that's fair because i'm like I, I, would... I was thinking about the copyright implications of that and i was like yeah that's that's where it gets I sticky because like copy copyright my ass i'm i am i'm not a country lawyer but i am very simple and i'm not really sure what the logistics of that are yeah, i i don't know how any of that works but i i thought that was an interesting tidbit but my god that statue so uh, to explain if you don't know who power is from chainsaw man look her up you'll figure out what she looks like but it's her standing straight up like confidently going ah but it's like she's just wearing a shirt and then her undies are like jammed up in there so deep as as the kids say um whole pussy very nearly out <laughs> very nearly out like that can't be comfortable i don't i don't got those parts so i wouldn't know but i'm a, it is very uncomfortable <laughs> yeah like the way i put it is if it's that deep in the gooch it, it, it can't be comfy you're you're also running the risk of risk of some infections, and those aren't fun. But I mean, Power's an anime girl, so I guess she doesn't have to worry about those things. She also but, isn't human, so she also might not have to worry about those things. The other thing that I find so funny about like the, I mean, anything that's like fan servicey and power related in general, 
but but also especially this because power canonically is nasty and, and i don't mean like nasty i mean she's she doesn't flush okay she probably we, just we, ass. we should really <laughs> explain when we say power is disgusting we mean she is a gross person to be around she uh, apparently, the discussion on the statue on the Chainsaw Man subreddit led to someone said they were at a panel where they had like a scratch and sniff aspect for the series because of course it does. And of course. Because Chainsaw Man is wonderful and insane. But he was describing, the, the Reddit user was describing the smell as like the worst kinds of body odor mixed with strawberry. We love I think power, um, But, uh... When when I was a young person, I I got like a it was a it was it was a book based on Shrek, but it was also Scratch and Sniff, and um I feel like it would Power would smell something like that. Yeah, it basically Power is not clean. She's disgusting, and we love her. Yeah, exactly. Also, I had I, I looked more up like the statue on the website, and it shows like the whole thing, and yes, it goes full nudity, which honestly. Of course. Full, full nudity somehow feels less horny than, like, the preview image with the underwear. I mean, really, there's no sense in being coy about it at that point. Yeah. <laughs> with that said, it's just really funny, and we uh, we needed to mention it because it was incredibly horny. And, like, horny anime figures aren't new, but this was this is one of those ones where it's like, wow, this is very horny. <laughs> Also, it's funny that you mention, um, and and correct me swiftly if I've already mentioned this on the podcast, but um, there was a very important update on the hentai bike. I believe you ran into the person, right? I... <laughs> yeah, I know you mentioned this on the podcast, and I know it's probably still with you. The the hentai bike has an owner. Yeah, we... we if you I saw them. Yeah, if you weren't here the last time we talked about the hentai bike... Uh, we're pretty sure the it, the owner and he he or they we don't know we don't know pronouns we're we, not gonna we judge. don't know uh probably thought about buying the statue if said person reads Chainsaw Man I understand if you don't it's not for everyone we will talk about it, it one it, day but it 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 was a surreal experience um I have now seen the mysterious owner and they also have a bag that matches their bike. Yeah, I, you definitely talked about this before, but I feel like it's relevant to remind people that. I I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but yes, you, they, they, I, thank I, you th for... I think you did, but. Okay. The point is, it's relevant to the topic at hand of this incredibly horny statue that's uh, apparently one six scale. I, I Oh my. I, I'm, I'm curious about what one sixth scale is to what. How tall? I mean, I usually anime and manga usually actually list how tall characters are. So, actually, that that is a bit more doable. But uh, I feel like the real question here is, Sardo, my friend, would you buy hmm. this statue? I'm gonna say yes, I would. But then I would like put Barbie clothes on her, so, and I'd give her like a different outfit every day. See, the, the thing no, is. Not for me, because you're basically saying you'd buy it as a joke. Oh, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I, it's it's ironic, but it's not ironic at all. And and also just like I I wouldn't dress her up because I'm ashamed of her nudity. I would just dress her up because I think that's what power would want. 
I mean, my argument is Power is the type of person who would uh, definitely pose suggestively like that for funsies and to fuck with somebody. Yeah. But I don't think she'd be stuffing it up for Gooch. Also, we're pretty sure she doesn't shave. Like, I I'm sorry. Like, Power... <sighs> body hair is not uncleanly, but Power is... is rife with body hair and it is full of lice <laughs> she is when we say she's gross we mean it <laughs> she nasty she she has named her eyelash mites <laughs> if she has them i don't know it's fiend biology is something we don't really have any knowledge of beyond minor stuff so who knows i just i just like to assume I don't know, but yes, I would buy the power statue if if I had the funds for it. I absolutely would. And no, it would not be ironic. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. If you, if te text us your credit card information to let us buy the power statue. Go fund me. Help Sardo buy the power statue. <laughs> to buy the incredibly hardy power statue. Do you own any like anime figurines or anything like that? I do not. I I... I've, I've, I don't either, so I want to make just, this abundantly clear. This is not a judgment for either of us. It was just a curiosity. No, it's just, it was one of those things where, like, you know, I'm not saying that it's like, I don't own any, like, I'm I'm above that. I just, it's, I'm I'm very poor, for one thing. They're, they're ex usually the thing is the really, like, actually good ones are usually extremely expensive. Because they're, like, they're, like, vinyl, and they're very well made, extremely detailed. I own one. I own which one. Which one? I have, like, a Guts figure, but I bought that off of friends, so I got it for cheap. Nice. I, it, it just kind of hangs out. Like, there, there's several, like, I'm also not a collector of, like, figurines. That's not what I collect. Z, Z, my spouse, is the one who collects all that stuff. Excellent work, Z. Yeah. Mostly. Because, I mean, I think some of the figures are really cool. Oh, yeah. Z, it's not. It's mostly comic book stuff with Z, mostly Captain America. But it's like, I'm not really the like. I have another one that Z got me. That Solaire from Dark Souls, kind of mm -hmm. sits up in my, in our praise like, the sun. Yeah, he he do, but he sadly doesn't stand up very well, because <laughs> it it wasn't a very expensive one. Anyway, I I don't know. I'm not really a figure collector. I'm I'm not a, either. I um. I do own an anime body pillow, and, um... I know who this is of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's because you told me, but... I had it commissioned. <laughs> I... Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> it's of a 60-year-old evil man. <laughs> when He's Sardo, wearing his shoes. Yeah, when Sardo said... Uh, when this podcast began, I like old men. That that wasn't a joke. <laughs> that was real. If if any of you know Matsunaga Hisahide from from the Samurai Warriors franchise, it is of him. Um, the art is very good. It is a thoroughly evil object. <laughs> <laughs> it's cursed. Anyway, not to uh, rag on Sardo for this. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> No, rag on me all you want. It's... Oh no, I could. I I don't have space for a body pillow. I I don't I don't sleep in a way that requires a body pillow. But if I did get a body pillow, I wanted it to be of something absolutely absurd. 
much more absurd than that. Um, okay. Do tell. No, Jeff Goldblum is too ironically normal enough. See, it, needs, it needs to be like a, Dennis Quaid. There we go. Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone like someone like those two, like Dennis Quaid. Like, okay. But okay. Here's the question, though: Is it like just a like a photo of Dennis Quaid, like posed suggestively, or is it like anime Dennis Quaid? Yes. <laughs> it's two different color cases, one of each. <laughs> one on each side. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Anyway. That's just how we're starting today. Let's get on to our true topic at hand. And we decided because we're like, uh, 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 we didn't watch Heike's story and we can't use that for another hour. We're not apologizing. But, uh, we decided, uh, weird games that we like. Yes. Because we all play weird, odd games all the time that we like. Or played some of the times that we like. I love weird games. I, do I like them very much. And we're not talking about, like, your normal weird games, like... Katamari, which we do like. I do like Katamari. That this is... Katamari's classic. Yeah, I mean, cl- Katamari's not a weird game. It's it's a distinguished game. Well, I think it's gone past being weird anymore. We're just used to it. Yeah. But when I think about weird games, I think of Max Gentleman's Sexy Business. You tell. I have never heard of this game. Okay, so it, Max Gentleman's Sexy Business is where you play an extremely rich aristocrat in the UK in a very mm-hmm. sexified time where you uh, get your fortune sold and you have to earn it back by doing business. And business is taking over other companies by... It's one of those... Uh, what What are those games called? Hold on, I'm going to... It's, uh, it's not co- like Cookie Clicker. That's not the right one. I'm trying to think here, and I'm going to go to the store page to figure it out real quick. Uh, that's, it's one of those simulation ones where, you know, you, like, you run a business and you, you watch the meters go up. Mm-hmm. So what makes this game great is that you just make your, you make your gentleman or gentle lady. Yeah. And then you uh, get recruit people to join your business yeah. board, and you do business. But it's so, sexy. Hold on a second. So you're saying that there's like a character creation element present in this? Yes. Hold on. I'm gonna send you the. Uh, I suggest you look it up real quick, and I'll. So keep it's, your... it's kind of like in Fire Emblem when you you build your own Robin in Awakening. You, you're of, assembling yeah, your own you make your gentleman sona. Person. You make your gentleman sona, and you uh, you pick your pronouns. You go in, uh-huh. and there's all these people. There's Max Gentleman. There's a uh, mm-hmm. Pip Whipple. Yeah, these you're probably gonna tell that all these names are terrible puns. And the way you do business is you meet out in the park and beat people up. <laughs> is there any other way to do business? Man, how about you try to plan a hostile takeover? And uh, they're, they're, it's like it's hard to really sell to describe it, but yeah, you know, you make friends with your coworkers, and you get to see them in the nude, and you also get pictures and magazine articles of their adventures, their of sexy course. adventures. 
and there's many of them. <laughs> I, you should look this up if you're not typing into your search bar right now. I, I am I am Googling it as we speak. Because this game is silly. It, it is not very serious. Oh, it's beautiful. It, it, it is up your alley. Oh, that is delightful. Yep. And you know what? I, I'm feeling the art style, too. Like, the art style is charming. It's fun. It's It's goofy. It's, uh, I've, I've officially beaten it recently, as in I beat the hardest difficulty. Well, congratulations. And, uh... I'm, um, looking at the, the group shot here, I am particularly fond of the lady with the parasol in the, in the very back. With the, uh, the blunt bangs. Very nice. Good stuff. You know, you got your classic, you got your, like, you got, you got, you got a little bit of everything. Yeah. I'm surprised you weren't drawn immediately to the vampire guy, the very obvious vampy looking guy to the side. I also like the vampire guy, but, but it was the lady who got my attention first. I don't know, I like a good goth girl. Oh, yeah. What's her name? Shit. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's so, Vicky. Strauss, yeah. what, what would you say is the um, the best aspect of Max Gentleman sexy business? Um, the business is truly sexy, baby. <laughs> it it is. It is not false advertising. The there there I, is business. I would business say in... legitimately though, what makes it very fun is that it's a very clearly not serious game designed with the idea of it being goofy and silly what and dumb. Talking about Strauss. This looks like a very serious game to me. Well, it is very serious, but it's also sexy. It it is. It's very sexy business. I'm I'm gonna have to play it sometime because that does look delightful. It is uh, definitely. It's a game I would love to stream, but as you could probably tell, I'd get banned off of Twitch so fast. <laughs> you you think that Twitch would have a problem with Max Gentleman's sexy business? Uh, not with all the nudity turned on, anyway. <laughs> Maybe I turn it off, but then what's the point? There is none. What's the point? Then, then of, just, what's the point of playing a game if we can't have our bits out? It's just Max Gentleman business. Yeah, and it has to be sexy. Yeah. So, I guess if we're um if if we're sharing favorites, I mean, I hope this one counts because um it is it is the game that I pulled my um current online handle from, but um let it die. And and I think anything by Suda51 falls into the wheelhouse of a weird game to some extent. Yeah, I'm as someone who's also played Let It Die, we both were playing at the same time at one point. Yeah. I would say Let It Die is, on the scale of weirdness that Suda51 is capable of, not his weirdest game. Oh, he, he's not at his full power here. But you like it, and I know why, because there's a very specific uncle of death... <laughs> involved there there is a character um an npc who helps you out maybe your enemy maybe there to help you who knows his name is uncle death um he is a grim reaper with funny sunglasses and um a skateboard 
and his scythe turns into a golf club. And I love him so much. <laughs> I also forgot to mention, Max Gentleman's Sexy Business is also fully voice acted. <laughs> oh, wonderful. But yeah, uh, also, uh, uh, Let It Die is, uh, is a Souls-like. It is a Souls-like, which means I'm very bad at it. <laughs> I didn't play it for very long. I, I don't play it for quite a bit. I got relatively far. I don't know what the end is. It, it, it's a free-to-play one, which is kind of the weird part about it. Yeah. Um, like, and I say this as somebody who, who enjoyed a lot of aspects of the game. Let It Die is not a very good game. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I remember it, like, played well, but, like, the free-to-play aspect of it kind of made it, like, what's the point? But, I mean, if, if you're going to going to dive deep into the uh the the juicy supple world of um grasshopper studio pseudo 51 games don't start with let it die no do like lollipop chainsaw which is also weird but lollipop chainsaw is delightful <laughs> also a bit more on the normal side it's yeah, lollipop chainsaw is kind of like the it's it's the very the very average it's if if the Suda51 games were dudes, Lolly, Lollipop Chainsaw would be named, like, John. <laughs> John, it's, but it's, spelled it's, weirdly. Like, you, you, it's like, oh, hi, John. And then you see his name spelled out, and you're like, what? Why do you have two N's? <laughs> but no H. Just J-O-N-N. -N. So, like Martian Manhunter. <laughs> yes. And then you're like, oh, are you named out? Do your parents... Are parents comic fans and you're like no they hate comic books no. and you're just like okay but lollipop chainsaw is a good one i think too because it's also like if if you like music at all it's it's weirdly kind of one of those things where like it's it's got a bunch of references peppered in for no apparent reason <laughs> yeah good good stuff very fun um but peak, I maybe maybe not peak weird, maybe a little bit, but like weird in a way that works. I please for the love of God play no more heroes. Which was like, one, two, or three? Uh, all of them. <laughs> like they're all good. Like e even like Travis Strikes Again, which was kind of like the weird outlier, and that the gameplay style was very different, and it was a whole different thing. Still very good. Um, at least listen to the soundtrack. But you, you, you know, you you get to play as the Travis Touchdown, the man, the myth, the legend, um, modeled heavily after Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, he that's, is. That's that's true, by the way. It's true. It's true. I know that. <laughs> but he's he is an otaku who um, picks up a beam katana off of eBay essentially, and decides I'm gonna become a professional assassin because killing people's cool. And and he does, and he's actually really good at it. It's and and you know you the, get to the funniest parts is we're not mentioning like shit like Killer Seven. Oh, see, Killer Killer Seven. That is the that I I think that's that's Suda at like full energy. Yeah, that that that's back from like the early two thousands where you could like also, just. You can do a weird game like that 
you can play it on Steam. It was, um, I think, one of the few M-rated games for the GameCube. Yeah, it's which up was there fun. with uh, Eternal Darkness and like the original version of Resident Evil Four, which remake is coming or out. No, I don't hey. know. I, I'm still I, mad I at the, I'm, I'm still mad at the remake because they censored Ashley. In her ears. Her no. ears. They nerfed her ears. Yeah, they nerfed her ears, and I'm still mad about that. Those bastards. Her big elephant ears. <laughs> For the, those of you who know, you know. Which is, oh, and uh, Resident Evil Zero was also on the GameCube. Yes. That, that one's... But, cool. uh, Killer7 was um, a rail shooter. Very and <laughs> you you play as an assassin who is several different assassins. There's a lot of assassins in Suda games. You just you better like them or just get out because you're gonna have to deal with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's I'm 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 gesticulating wildly because I'm trying to think of how to describe this game. But um, you basically play is the multiple fractured identities of one hitman um one of them is a luchador with a grenade launcher and he's the best one um and you have to deal with this this terrorist attack from these these creatures called heaven smiles and they're very upsetting to look at um they're really good i like them they the the limited GameCube graphics are used beautifully because it, it's it's got the whole cell shading yeah, thing going on. It's cell shaded. I never played Killer Seven, but all I could know is uh, there's always time for dancing. There's always time for dancing. It's Friday. It's Friday. Yep. Yeah. Which is the other "It's Friday" meme that I sometimes retweet. The other one is. Uh, Yakuza, which is weird, but not the type of weird we're talking about. We're talking about, like, no, this game is strange, and its concept is odd, and I'm not sure why it was made, but I'm happy that it is. There's a good chance that Killer7 might not be your thing, but... There's a good chance that Killer7 might not exist, and we're all just fever-dreaming. Could be, but it is available on Steam, and I think that if you buy it, you also get, like, the full um, soundtrack and some other stuff, so... It's pretty cool. It's uh, pretty cool. Another game now that I'm thinking about from my childhood is, uh, did you ever play any of Jet Set Radio Future? Yes. Because <laughs> Jet Set, so I never played Jet Beat Radio, which is the first one. Mm-hmm. Because that was on, I didn't have a Dreamcast growing up. That was my cousin's. But I did have an right. Xbox, and that came with, like, the Xbox, like, driving game. And that was on a double disc. And I played the... I beat Jet Set Radio Future. Like, legitimately. I beat that game. Kick ass. So I, like, know how it ends. And it's so weird. Another cel-shaded game with just great music, great tunes. And you, you play as a bunch of street punks who rove around spray painting thing and dancing all about. And your rollerblades. Jet Set Radio is extremely style. Yeah. It's very style. The music style. The whole thing style. It just... It, it oozes style. Um, 
more more recent game that I really enjoyed. Um, this was released back in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, independent game called Who's Lila? Have you ever heard of that by any chance? No. It's really interesting. It's an indie horror game. It was made by a Russian studio, Garage Heathen, which is a great name. Um, it's an adventure game. And you're trying to solve this mystery. And the big feature of it is that um, you can independently manipulate a character's like facial features to form expressions. <laughs> and it's all done in this very weird, like... Ab- y- you know those, like, the... The Game Boy photo scanner things. Yeah. Uh, I I remember them. It kind of reminds me of those. Mm-hmm. But it's it's weird. It's it's very David Lynch. There's and a, a it, lot of I find that the the biggest areas for weird games is either indie games made in the past like 5 years. Or like yes. were made 20 years ago when game development was a lot cheaper. Back in the day when you could really have fun with it and get real get real weird with it. Well, like Mr. Mosquito. Yeah. Well, I mean, in fairness, the reason why you were able to do that was because making a game was a lot cheaper back then. It was. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen a, the graph. I, a friend of mine shared the graph in a different Discord server. Where it was like the mm-hmm. difference in pricing went up by like tens of like tens of millions. Ah, here it is. I'll send it to you right now. This convenient graph that I have. Here's this convenient graph. Look at this, this graph. shit was so much better than any freak could make games. Yeah, back back when you could just make games. To give you an idea here, back in like the GameCube era, games cost about three to six million dollars to make, and now they cut. Like once, and this is just when the Switch to HD happened. Yeah. It's like, as you can see on this graph, it's like 17 to 20 million. Oh, this is depressing. Yeah, that's why a lot of the weirder games died out until the indie And, and here started. I'm... I, I see the graph going up, and all I can think of in my mind is uh, Stephanie Sterling's mocking wave saying, Triple A games! <laughs> I mean, in fairness... God, the, fuck it, those guys. From, from what, what, what happened was, it's really rendering time. Mm-hmm. And, like, the thing is, the, the reason why weird games used to be, like, in abundance in the 90s and early 2000s was because, like, stuff only cost, like, a few million to make to hundreds of thousands. Right. And then things got, like, stupid expensive once, like, you had to render for, like, five times the amount of time. That's why, like, the 360 era is the death of all the, like really strange odd games from the ps2 like oh yeah sure we can make a game about Yo- minamoto no yoshitsune and call it genji and you know have a large enemy crab that's the game where the large enemy crab meme comes from by the way oh shit that is the one yeah. i've gotten that this that large enemy back. crab giant that- enemy crab Attack is weak point for massive damage. <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah, it, it's why... Every, uh, everything from my youth is great and everything new sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Not actually, but sometimes it do. 
It, it, it do be like that a little bit. <laughs> it's more of like, luckily the indie space grew in like the 2010s. So like weird shit can exist again. It's like, I, I, cause like when we're talking about weird games here, like it's not a cheat to be talking about indie games, right? <laughs> no, well, it, I find it that you have to use indie games as like the case in point. Because like the problem is when games started like being tens of millions to hundreds of millions of dollars for investment as like a product. It stopped like weird, just crazy weird shit stopped being produced. Why? Yeah, because I mean, it's expensive now. And it's not profitable. Can't can't turn a profit making the weird shit. I mean, in fairness, a lot of the weird sh- like, you know how much like the original Dragon Guard made like barely anything. It made like oh yeah, it sold like a few hundred thousand copies, but like a couple hundred thousand copies. Like, let me ask you this. How much do you think Persona 3, which is the first modern Persona game, sold? Uh-huh. How many How many do you um, projected? More than the first Drakengard? Well, probably. Well, actually, how much? I'm going to look at how much Drakengard sold for. So you take a guess in number. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, probably not especially but like maybe com- like probably not compared to the other Persona games. Well, okay, let, let me let me rephrase this. Uh, okay, hold on. This is I'm, I'm... also yeah, okay. Guard. Uh, I just looked up the number. The mm-hmm. supposed the sales of the original Dragon Guard was like two hundred and forty thousand. Okay. Which for the PS2 era is not bad because the original Persona 3, the first modern Persona game as it's called, sold about 260,000 copies. Really? Well, it, it you have to remember Persona wasn't a brand yet like it is now. Yeah. This this is this is, that one was like the proof of concept. It did well enough to get a re-release and then Persona 4 was the first one to blow up, but that sold over a million. Which is That's incredible true. for a PS2 game in 2008. <laughs> No, I I PS3 do have to say three was like go a year old by then, so that's actually kind of incredible when you think about it. But, it is something. Yeah, hey, great games find a way sometimes. Yeah, no, I mean, it's funny because from like at, at least the when I got the chance to play it, um, the first Dragon Guard was not a particularly great game gameplay wise. I that's felt on like purpose. <laughs> It, it, it and I and I understand that, but like the first time I'm playing this, I'm I'm sitting here like, wow, this is kind of bullshit actually. That that's a lot of that's like the original Nier, which sold about like seven hundred thousand copies or so. Yeah. And then Atomata would sell a million, and that's like, wow, Yoko Taro is finally hitting it big. He sold one million copies. But also, like that's that's quite the feat from from a man who like seems to. And I say this with all love for Yoko Taro and respect for his craft, because I know he's doing it on purpose. Man seems to kind of hate his audience. And good on him for that, because the audience is stupid sometimes. Yeah. No, um, have you ever watched the video of his on uh, the philosophy of violence in video games? Yes. Because that's like... Love that. that. 
if you ever want to have like the most it weird existential thought process on video game violence, go watch in the in the lead up to Dragon Guard Three, Yoko Taro does like a preview where he talks about sort of how his thought process of how violence is used in video games and informs of of his idea on violence in general changed from Dragon Guard to Near. And then right. be and all all while a not being on camera and b using a puppet, <laughs> which lo- which if you know Yoko Taro, this is very normal. <laughs> I I love him. I I, I love him very much. He's yeah, he's wonderful. I I hate him a little bit, but I love him. <laughs> it's just that like it's such a weird video because it's like it goes places you're not ready for and it's actually very thought-provoking which is kind of yoko taro's thing but you're just like huh it it's a tiny bit reminiscent of um the the one interview with david lynch eraser head was actually my most spiritual movie would you care to elaborate on that no <laughs> only difference is you are elaborated on this and it somehow it helps and also just makes you go uh-huh uh, uh okay i mean he brings up 9-11 unironically and it makes sense and you're just like i've been told this via puppet <laughs> i i can you imagine being being in an elevator with this guy and like trying to make small talk with him it must be fascinating <laughs> i would love to do that i would love to pick his brain for like 20 minutes to see I would what, too. just to see what would happen and also, Yoko Taro's games are also weird, but they're not weird in the... When we mean weird games, we mean games that are unconventional. And Yoko yeah. Taro's games aren't necessarily unconventional. They're the... Sh- he makes odd games. I think he... He takes the... He takes the tools of games that are pretty... Pretty straightforward, pretty easy to understand, and he does something real weird with them. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I would say the difference between, like, when we say odd games, we need a game that's just, like, the very inherent premise is weird. Like, yeah. we, when we say Nobi Nobi Boy, which is uh, by the uh, guy who did Katamari, which is just kind of also very weird... Like, Katamari is a weird game in premise, at least initially. Like, it was super successful, so it's not really weird anymore. But when it came out, it definitely is a very odd game. I, see, and I I remember, like, kind of seeing the, seeing the process of Katamari. Like, wow, this game is really kooky. And then going from that to, like, this game is actually just really charming and nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it, 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 that is a comfort game, in my opinion. It is, majorly. At times, not 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 some of the challenges. Some of the challenges are unfair and, and cruel. Some of some of it is very stressful, and I do not care for it. But I, I love Katamari but the, overall. The general vibe of Katamari is very charming, but it's like it, the original idea of it is weird. But it kind of evolved past that. Like something like Max Gelman's Sexy Business just makes you go, huh. It's it's very much its own thing, and it's content to be its own thing. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just, when we mean weird games, we mean games that are, like, outwardly just like, this is what we are, this is what we made. There's nothing, it's like, that's why I didn't bring up any fighting games, because I could bring up a bunch of fighting games, but in the end, when you strip past all the weird paint, and, like, 
black light posters. It's still just a fighting game deep down on the inside. It, it it's it's got a good solid core. Like there might be some weird toppings, but it's it's just beef stew deep down. Like deep down in the end, it's all just Street Fighter Two. Yeah, that's not a joke. Now, <laughs> that it, no, it, it all comes back to the World Warriors, baby. <laughs> but yeah, now we were we we're talking about um indie games, mm-hmm. Strauss. I want to talk about an RPG Maker game. Oh yeah, go on. And uh, now you, I we we've you know we've been through the uh the the tide of RPG Maker games, and I love RPG Maker. It is fantastic, and it's one of those things that really I think made making games more accessible, and it gave us a lot of good stuff. It gave us stuff like Yume Nikki, which is also a weird game, yeah. but I think it's successful enough that it doesn't really count here. <laughs> I think it also I mean, gave us. A, a different, very, also interestingly weird game, which is Lisa the Painful. You know oh, what the Lisa? Holy shit. If you know the Lisa games, then you know that those are outwardly weird. The Lisa games are like it's it's weird. It's stylish. It's fun. Fun? Question mark. Um, deeply, deeply distressing. Very painful. Um. <laughs> Happily so. Not not the not not the funnest evening that you're gonna have. Oh, uh, it's it's like rolling up to a friend's house with a pizza, thinking you're gonna have a great time, and that friend coming out into the driveway and just beating you to death with a brick. <laughs> I, I was gonna say it's like being uh, Danny Glover. No, not not Danny Glover. It's Donald Glover. Donald Glover. It's like being uh, the Donald Glover gift from Community, where he just comes in with the pizzas and everything's on fire. One person's on the ground with their leg broken. Yeah, that that exactly. Yeah, it, it it's it, like when we say like the whole point of the reason why we're talking about the weird games we like because there's just like the indie boom has created like like oh here's a niche for your weird ass game that cost you like a few hundred thousand dollars to make or maybe even less. I, I mean, with I, some of the RPG maker stuff, it's like literal maybe hundreds of dollars. Yeah, and or like something like with like. I don't want to bring up visual novels because, like, I mean, first things first, whether or not visual novels are considered games is a completely different topic. I know some people who say, yes, they are games. I know some people who absolutely has no idea, who, will, who are like, no, it's not a game. Which actually leads to so, me a question for you, sir. Do you think visual novels are games? Yeah, I think they are. Fair enough. I, I've always been on the fence because I think it depends on the visual novel. Because there's some yeah, visual novels I mean, it... where, like, not a lot happens in it. And there's, like, very little, like, actual, like, input choices. Right. That one doesn't count. Uh, it's like, <laughs> you know about Kotawa so- Shoujo. You're you're old enough for this one. I, I surely do. <laughs> well, you know, it's like how certain, how because that game was written by, like, ten people and each one was doing their own routes. It's like how one route had, like, a choice and then another route had like 20 yes i i am familiar yeah and and that that's how i i view visual novels like the ones that are games are the ones with 20 choices and i actually put some thought behind it because if it's fair if your visual novel has like two choices in it is it really a visual novel or is it just i'm watching your story with anime graphics (laughs) yeah i mean I don't know. I'm I'm a, I'm a little loosey goosey with like 
what defines a video game exactly but it's like if it's if you can interact with it i figure it it probably counts yeah i, I feel like when i say like because the, the joke in katawa shoujo is one of the routes has like a choice <laughs> yeah and it's just like does that really count <laughs> i i can understand the distinction yeah it's like but, um i do believe it's like there has to be a level of interaction and if that interaction, if your interaction is very minimal to the thing, then I might as well just be reading, reading a story, like a, a picture book. Yeah. And I feel like that's where the difference lies. But I get that. I, like, but, um... I count visual novels if you have like, okay, if I do X enough times, uh, it would be different if it did Y enough times. Yeah, it's like the, the, the choice has to matter. Yes. Somehow. <laughs> Even if it is whether or not you see this character naked or not. Because, let's be honest, a lot of visual novels are usually porn. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. But, um, so on on the on the vein of RPG Maker, um, I want to talk about a very special game. Uh, came out in 2003. Uh-huh. Wait, no, t- 2010. I, it was made in RPG Maker t- 2003. Oh my god. Um, uh, you have to do something else. <laughs> So, Strauss, have you ever heard of a game called Space Funeral? No, I haven't. Tell me more. I, I would I would like you to maybe do a Google image search for this because um I, I think you should see some of the visuals. Um Space Funeral was made by an Irish developer, uh the Catamites, uh Stephen Gilmurphy, and it's a fairly short game. Uh you play as a boy named Philip. And you have to leave home to save your world from a mysterious corruption. Uh, it has a leg horse and a Dracula. I and this looks weird. It it is magnificent. Oh, it is one of those. Is... It's like because I... I I I remember being kind of on on Tumblr for like the the great off boom. Of like the mid twenty tens, you remember off, right? Yeah, I think so. Hey, off was the big thing, and I love off. Don't get me wrong; like Mortis Ghost is like super talented, great little game. But it always kind of pissed me off that off got a ton of attention, and Space Funeral was not really discussed because it's very strange. <laughs> It reminds me of like a game like uh, Paratropic or What's Underneath the Lighthouse. Yes. Or uh, Pathologic. Just a weird game made in Europe. <laughs> it's, With a you small know, team that just makes you go, uh, what is happening? And I, I think Leghorse is one of the most exquisitely designed creatures I've ever seen in my I, life. I, I know what Leghorse looks like, and I'm not going to describe it to any of you. you I'll, I'll did, let you look it up yourself, audience. It's better that uh, way. And, and here's a fun little hint about what Leghorse looks like. Look at the name. <laughs> yep. Uh, I can assure you, you're probably not fully ready, but you will be. It's just, it's it's such a strange little game and i like it very much it's um i just think it's delightful it's one of my favorite uh things to come out of um rpg maker and it 
it's one of those things that kind of makes me want to make games at some point. Yeah, I mean, I would love to make games, but I'm also not sure what the hell I would make, so... I don't know what I'd make either, but but I love it. Yeah. And I mean, and the the writing is great too. I love it. Um, Shopkeep goes all this worthless shit at low prices. Can you afford not to buy it? It's it's just a terrific game. Yeah. I I think really when it comes to like weird odd little games that have come out, there there are many now. There used to be many back in the day, but there are many now, which is great. Because now people are feeling... If you want to find some, like, weird, odd games from, like, the early 2000s, you know who's a good person to ask for that? Do you watch Mandalore Ooh. Gaming? I love Mandalore games. Then then you know exactly what I mean when I say, who's a good person to ask if I want to buy a weird-ass PC game from 2002? Mandalore. I have fallen asleep to a few of those videos. And I think that is the the highest badge of honor I can confer onto somebody who makes videos. <laughs> I agree. He, uh, he makes some fun get, fun videos about just like because there's so many people who talk about games, and so it's nice. My favorite part was when he did a uh, Kingmaker, mm-hmm. and it got to the Darvid side quest. I'm like, oh god, no! Bite the bullet. <laughs> Oh, and, and that's right. This uh, this coming Sunday of the uh, for when we're recording this, I'm going to be starting Wrath of the Righteous its sequel. There is no Darvin moment. There is no Darvin. Thank God. <laughs> There's no moment where you have to be deal deal with somebody's OC. <laughs> Except your own. You have to deal with your own. And really, is there a greater curse than having to deal with your own OC? <laughs> Because yes. they're a nightmare of your yes, own making. Yes, there is. As as Kingmaker proved, dealing with that guy's OC, you know who I mean. <laughs> <laughs> dealing with that guy. Because as we learned, there's a difference between you, your char- your weird player characters, and then the guy who thinks his player character is the coolest thing ever. And willing to spend uh... $4,000 to do it. You, you gotta admire that guy's commitment, though. <laughs> oh, I, I admired it in the sense that, like, he put his stuff out there, and now he knows when everyone at his table said, please don't, now he knows that everyone else agrees with him. <laughs> uh... Good for him. <laughs> but, yeah, those are weird games. We like weird games. Love weird games. They're not always fun to play, though. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the the enjoyability of playing the game comes secondary to a lot of this stuff. Like, like, like I said, first Drakengard, absolute kick in the dick to play, and I mean, and that's that is by design. Yeah. But hell, even the first Near wasn't exactly the most fun game to play either. Like, there's no like... way to aim. <laughs> See, these these kids, I, I love Automata, but these kids are so spoiled on the, on their robot wife games because they don't know how good they have it now. They don't understand that Yoko Taro's game design philosophy was superseded by Platinum being like, I feel like this game should be able to be, you know, fun. 
<laughs> it's just Yoko Taro's like, fuck you. No, no. Oh no, you still can break their hearts. Okay, I'm in. You son of a oh, bitch, I'm ready. <laughs> it's uh... like and that that is the thing really about the um the early near and dragon god is that they're not meant to be enjoyed. I mean really They're not. <laughs> Except two. We don't talk about two. Two never happened. Two two does not exist. We we don't talk about two. I, I love two. that. I it's my favorite thing. Like because you know, sometimes a game or like an entry to a series is like people pretend it doesn't exist. This case, the entire all the Yokotar events like never happened. I've never I, don't, I I've never seen anything from two which should tell you something. I, I, it's there's there's a lot to unpack there and i mean I mean, three man. wasn't exactly high art so like in fairness uh, a, a main reason why they don't why people pretend it doesn't exist for those wondering is because it wasn't made by Yoko Taro, so it kind of doesn't have the whole thing that makes the first one good, anyways. Like yes, let's let's take take the uh, the guy who who made this first game so memorable and just fucking boot him. Yeah, but yeah, those are the weird some of the weird games we like: Max Gentleman, Sexy Business, uh, Katamari, which we we count. Uh, like Let Katamari. it die. It's Killer Seven. Play, play those games. I'd say, play, play Killer Seven before you play Let It Die. I mean, ideally, don't play Let It Die. Just watch all the the cool scenes on YouTube of Uncle Death and also the boss battles, mm -hmm. because those are very well like animated and stylistically neat. Just don't play the game. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. There's so yeah, that is uh, that. Uh, I guess that's I. That, we'll call that an episode. Uh, I'll be playing. You know, I, I I'm gonna be doing a preview for something that by the time this comes out will already have happened. I'm gonna do it anyways. Uh, I'll be streaming Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous, where uh, the John Cena cut. I'm very I'm, excited for it. Yeah. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitch at Almighty Strauss, uh, twitch.tv slash twitter.com. His Strauss has a brand. Apparently. It, <laughs> I don't know how this happened. <laughs> and you can follow Sardo here at Autopsy Garlands on Twitter. Yes. Or Uncle Death on Twitch, eventually. Uh, back in back April. in April. Yeah. So... Yeah, get getting all my stuff figured out, but I I should be back proper in April. Uh, playing uh, like a dragon, Ishin. Finally, it's been I think a month since I've had that game, and I haven't played it yet. So I need to finish it because I've I'm finally starting to like whittle down the games. I beat Wo Long. We're gonna be talking about that at some point. Yeah. Well, once you watch the cutscenes, I guess. I'm 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 getting caught up bit by bit. Yeah. So tell me once you're caught up because then we can do that as another episode. All right, easy easy episode in the cans right there. Uh, hey, K story on what the hell we watching? We'll be back up shortly once we watch three more episodes. It might be right after this. I don't know. We'll find out once I hit the stop recording button. We shall see. Yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, I hope you all have a wonderful time after listening to this Skeleton Crew podcast, our seventh episode, which was about weird games. We should do more topical things because we learned those do better numbers, and yet we refuse to do it. We're not doing it for the numbers, Strauss. We're doing it for the simple love of the craft. I mean, that's true, but it's like, also, we actually did like talking about Woe Long. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Like... It's topical and also something we actually have some weird amount of authority to discuss. Doesn't happen stuff like that. Doesn't happen. Uh, Go play MLB The Show 23 and specifically parts about the Negro League stars because that's been actually really neat. Interesting. Yeah. Well, until next time, uh, I am Uncle Death and it's been good to be here yeah and i'm almighty strauss it's usually good to be here i haven't been feeling super great the past couple of days because apparently disease is evil Ooh. yeah i've got a cold you might notice it but who cares i'm feeling better than i was the past two days so it's just so i'm beating it i'm winning my feel better soon strauss i I, I probably will good night everybody or good day i don't know when you're listening to this (laughs) Good day. I know when we're recording this, but I don't know when you're listening. So have a good time. Bye. Bye.